you know, his, his dad wasn't always around to give him a hand. He was always working, you know, which uh, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But as a kid, it wasn't always a good thing either. You know, you want your parents to kind of see what you're doing with your life and, you know, see you grow up. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, he had the support and he had the, uh, you know, the praise for what he's doing. And, you know, hey, you're doing good, man. Like, don't worry about these little things. You're going to continue to grow. No one's going to stop you from doing that. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you today. And man, are we excited about concluding the series. We have none other than Billy Alfaro hanging out with us today. And man, are we excited to have him in the studio with us. We're going to be listening to him talk about his story. And we want to hear uh, uh, kind of the exciting conclusion of what has been a really cool and unique three-part series that we just kind of stumbled our way into, Brian. Uh, but before we do that, we want to focus in on our quote, and then we're going to be talking about mentorship and all things related to looking out for somebody. The more gratitude you give away, the more will come back to you. The more you help others, the more they will want to help you. Brian Tracy. All right. All right. I know that's a, a, you're a big fan of him, Brian. I'm more like a son to him <laughs> than a big fan. More like a son that he met one time and probably does not remember the slightest bit. Not probably. Does not remember the slightest <laughs> bit as um, the first audio book, whatever I ever listened to in selling was Brian Tracy's long story about uh, my mentor making me listen to it a, a, a one-hour tape a hundred times that I had to flip over every yeah. half hour yeah. in a cassette player. And then we went to Tom Hopkins boot camp a few months later and Brian Tracy was one of the speakers. Don't think I've ever shared that with you, buddy. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So I met Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy at the exact same time in like 2004 or something like that. 2005. At that time, I didn't really understand the impact that either one of those dudes was going to have on my career. Um, but yeah, I could never get enough Brian Tracy and uh, we're working on getting getting him on the show, which would be a, a big treat for yours truly and a lot of people who work here who have been impacted by him. And I'm guessing a whole lot of people who listen to this show who have been impacted by him. Absolutely. That would be awesome. And we're going to keep working on those angles and hopefully we can make that happen. Uh, but for today's show, we want to focus in on uh, mentorship, like I talked about earlier. And so uh, our guest today, Billy, has a, a really unique story Um and you've kind of heard his name thrown around in the past two podcasts as somebody who has been a mentor. And what's, what's unique about it is the fact that he's only 30 years old and has been speaking into the lives of men who are only a few years younger than them, younger than himself, excuse me. And it, it's, it's an awesome story. And I wanted to spend some time talking about mentorship because I think that is something that is unfortunately overlooked in, in really all of life. Uh, you know, so much 
so many times we get so focused on on what we are doing. Like, what are my goals? What are what are my plans? Uh, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? And if we're not careful, we we get in kind of that tunnel vision where it's like nobody else exists and we're the only one that matters. And I, I think that's really short-sighted and frankly selfish because there's so many other people around us that are, are, are craving, are just hungry for somebody to speak into their life and, and speak meaning and purpose and and challenge and growth into them and to develop them up and call out the greatness that is that is within them and to speak into the truth that can blossom into something beautiful within them. And that's the type of waste no day mentality that I, I think is really overlooked uh, in today's world because we, we often get just too focused on ourselves. And so I want to challenge everybody who's listening to this podcast. If you are in the, the elder camp, and I don't mean you're necessarily old, I just mean that you have a, a maturity that is perhaps beyond your years or that is certainly above those of you, those of the, those of, uh, the people that are around you. I challenge you to seek out somebody and ask to mentor them. Ask to be the person that is going to challenge them, to lead them, to train them, to work with them. This is like a one-on-one thing. And I think that it's a beautiful opportunity for you to give back because I guarantee you, wherever you are at right now, somebody did that for you. And probably more than someone, some ones did that for you. And the meaning of that is solely selfish if you never return that favor, if you never pay it forward. Now, the flip side of this conversation is if you're on the younger side, the immature side, the I need some help side, you have to be open to that. Mentorship is a two-way street. It requires both a teacher and a willing student. And if you're walking around saying, I don't need nothing from nobody, if you're all about, yo, I'll find my own way, then you're missing out because there is so much wisdom to be gained from those around you if you're just willing to open up your ears and your heart to actually applying it. And that's why I really love Billy's story because he he's actually living that out. And you, you've heard it in the previous podcast, the meaning that mentorship, not just from him, but from other people has had upon some young men's lives. Yeah, all three of the, the uh, three-part series. First, John Perez, then Brandon Hernandez, and then Billy Alfaro talk about mentors they they, I mean, mentors they've had all the time uh, here in this building, and they talk about um, people who have helped them. They're they're very grateful human beings. They they just ooze gratitude all the time, and they they're quick to give credit. They're and they're also quick to help. I mean, help each other, help anybody who needs help. They're um, products of great mentors and they try to be great mentors themselves i mean almost one after the other these guys mentored each other in various ways and helped each other get to where they're at now and they will continue i mean these guys are so young they'll continue to help each other get where they're going and i'm i'm excited to revisit this trilogy a year from now or something like that and just just redo it all over and see where everybody's at and yeah we should see if we could get them all on at the same time like a year from now That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be well. A year from now, well, 
the fourth installment <laughs> of the trilogy. Get them off. Just because it's going to be a blast to be in this room. Oh, we're pulling a Matrix move over here, huh? Make a trilogy, and then like 10 years later, we'll pull out a fourth episode. Yeah. <laughs> so you got me all excited, and I need to fast forward to Christmas so we can see that fourth Matrix movie. <laughs> yeah, Brian, it, it is exciting. And I think, man, if the world had better mentors and the world had more willing students, it would be a better place. And the home services industry specifically would be a better place. So I tell you what, this episode is releasing Thanksgiving week. And this Thursday is, is uh, American Thanksgiving. And I'm not sure I can think of much of a better example of your expression of thanksgiving and gratitude than you to give it on and pass it on to someone else, to give that gift to somebody else this Thanksgiving. You know what? You can start looking for that person and start start seeking them out and seeing what you can find and get that relationship set up just in time for the first of the year, and boom, you have yourself a mentoring relationship. And that's so good. Yeah, and before we bring Billy on, we just want to say we've we've had a surge in downloads here lately and a surge in people listening and also ratings, um, reviews on the Apple on the Apple uh, podcast app. And we want to say thank you for those who took the time to rate the podcast. And Absolutely. That, it's I can't tell you how important both downloads and uh, reviews are to a podcast. It's what makes the podcast move up the list when people are looking for this type of show. Um, if you haven't given us a rating and you think we deserve a five-star rating. <laughs> and if you don't, yeah. it's Thanksgiving, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Do us a solid. <laughs> um, yeah, go go to the uh, Apple Podcast app. Scroll down to where it shows how many reviews it has and what stars it is and press write review. And uh, do us a favor and tell us what you think about the show. Give us any any feedback in there, any ideas you have, like we did a few episodes ago. If we see one we like, we're, we're uh, more than happy to read it on air and uh, maybe even invite you to come on the show. Or um, certainly we take ideas for from um, the comment section and use that as a, a feedback upon which we build, you know, the next episodes. Um, I'm going to read one now, although the name is just HVAC maniac (laughs) (laughs) that uh, Nate sent me earlier just because he thought it was cool. Uh, Yeah. So fortunately we got the five-star review. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, The title of the review, no installer interviews. (laughs) Ouch. Ooh, Yeah. You're absolutely right. You are right. We're going to make that happen. Uh, and then the review says, my brother told me about the show and I like it, but y'all need some installers on there. You are absolutely right. We yeah. do. And w- we appreciate the five-star review despite uh, it seemed like a four-star rate. Uh, uh, re- comment. Yeah, comment. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So we'll make that happen on an upcoming e- episode. Uh, that way you can change that to a six-star review, of course. Yeah. <laughs> add that other one somewhere but for right now we're excited to put billy alfaro in your passenger seat our guest today is none other than billy alfaro he is joining us as one of the plumbers here at benjamin franklin plumbing in Lancaster, pennsylvania uh, he came to us about a year and a half ago and has been working in the plumbing trades ever since 
uh, one of those guys that doesn't have a background in the trades industry. And so his story is really cool as he has developed into learning not only the trades, but also everything that goes along with being in the home services industry. We're super excited to have Billy on the show. So welcome, Billy. Yeah, thanks for having us. Us. Are you a plural now or did we invite, did we invite uh, more than one guest? <laughs> uh, I work as uh, multiple people here, multiple personalities. <laughs> all right. Well, to all the clients that happen to listen to this podcast, you're never quite sure what you're going to be getting when Billy gets out. <laughs> <laughs> Which Billy? Wouldn't be the first time I've heard that. <laughs> Well, Billy, it's good to have you on the show, man. And just so our listeners understand, this is the conclusion of a three-part series. And how exactly do you fold into the last series? So we interviewed John Perez and Brandon Hernandez. Where do you fit into that mix? Yeah, so it was homeless to homeowner by 26, and then sewer lines to SWAT team with your brother, Brandon. Yeah. And now uh, Billy Alfaro with? I don't know. I'd, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... They, I watched those two kids uh, growing up to what they are today, and uh, um, I remember John Perez and my brother just, they were always into sports, always competing against one another, and, uh, you know, I, I played a lot of sports myself growing up and uh, made sure that with the environment they grew up around and that I grew up around that they didn't fall under, uh, I guess you want to say, uh, bad habits or... Uh, just following in the footsteps of uh, bad role models. You know, uh, our family life growing up wasn't always the easiest, at least in uh, in our world. So uh, I personally tried to stay away from the house as much as possible just because uh, there was always a little bit of chaos, uh, fights, arguments, that sort of thing. And uh, so sports and uh, the arts, uh, I was a big artistic kid growing up, you know, like drawing, graffiti and sketching or uh i'd be outside playing basketball with my friends um getting into as many sports as i could at school you know i played football i did wrestling and uh track and field was uh, my number one sport growing up nice well tell you what before we jump into kind of the middle of the story there let's let's start back at the beginning so you're brandon's brother yep and uh you know john through kind of the mutual acquaintance there of brandon being his friend and i'm yeah. sure spending a lot of time at your yep. house and everything uh, so let's kind of start at the beginning. What was what was life like for you, uh, you know, coming out of high school, and and how did you end up in a plumbing truck? So uh, coming out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Sounds um, very familiar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it seems know, like a theme there. So I think that is definitely a theme between uh, the three of us, along with uh, some of the uh, life many things, people you know that we grew up around. Um, but yeah, out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, again, I was always into sports. I was always into uh, fitness, nutrition, along with uh, uh, the arts. You know, I liked drawing. I liked uh, architecture. I liked uh, photography, videography, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, those were my interests. Those were my outlets uh, through through high school and outside of high school. Um, I actually pursued going to, I started at community college, did maybe like three semesters, but um, kind of had to uh, put a stop to uh, the whole college thing after a while, just because uh, we didn't have a whole lot of family here in the States to fall back on to be able to keep going to school and afford going to school when I had other bills to myself that I had to take care of or uh, watching over Brandon 
you know, he, he had a lot of stuff going on too. And I wanted to make sure he was following a good path and he had someone to fall back on, you know, unlike me, I didn't really have a whole lot of people to fall back on just cause, uh, had to focus on myself and family was, you know, either in Puerto Rico or, uh, on a different state. So finding someone to help you out wasn't always, uh, the easiest thing for me to do. So I wanted to make sure that he had that growing up. And you're the the oldest? No, I'm the one of the middle. One, one of the middle. middle child, yeah. But older than Brandon. Older than Brandon, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. And were you born in Puerto Rico? I was not. Um my dad uh served in the US Navy, served okay. about twenty years, retired back in two thousand and ten. Um but my dad was stationed in Washington State at the time that I was uh born. And uh yeah, so I was Born in the States. Okay. Born in Washington State. Yeah. Borderline Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And here you are in Pennsylvania. And here I am in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Wow. So did you go back to Puerto Rico? Yeah. So shortly after I was born, uh, uh, my parents had separated at some point uh, through that process. And, uh, you know, I I grew up with my mom. So that's that's where I grew up. Puerto Rico. She went to Puerto Rico shortly after. Okay, so when mom moved back to Puerto Rico, how old were you then? <sighs> that's uh, I don't even remember. Was Brandon alive yet? No, he okay. was not. So that's no. before he was born. So he was born there. Yeah, Brandon was born in Puerto Rico. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it was me and my oldest brother. Actually, my oldest brother was born in the states as well, or in Puerto Rico. I was the only one that was born in the states okay, of our so siblings. So it was Puerto Rico. He's born. Washington State, yep. you were born back to Puerto Rico back for to Brandon. Puerto Rico, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, uh, how long were you in Puerto Rico? Um, I want to say between ninety nine and two thousand and one is when we moved uh, back to the states. Um, through obviously a mutual decision with my mom and his dad, uh, like you mentioned in the last episode, you know, yeah. his, you know his his father met his father when he came out to the States, you know, he caught wind of his dad living here in Lancaster and, uh, he wanted to meet him and, you know, made that decision to come out here, get to know him and liked it enough to want to move out to Lancaster. Wow. So you called along on that ride and find yourself here in uh, a place you'd never lived before Mm -hmm. with a a whole nother world staring at you. Yeah. I mean, there was other things kind of, uh, influencing that decision too. Um, the areas like again, Brandon mentioned it a little bit in the last podcast that we he was in. Uh, we didn't grow up in the best areas in Puerto Rico. Um, grew up around a lot of gang violence, you know, uh, drug influence, you know that sort of thing. And uh, my mom wanted to get us out of that situation as quickly as possible. And um, yeah, that was also a part of that that decision. Yeah. Okay, so you come here into the States and um, you begin going to school and everything like that. And you said you kind of came out of school, not sure what you were looking at doing, having an interest in the arts. You're pursuing some things in college, but then things kind of don't take a turn for, you know, from a financial implication and, and some other decisions that, you know, kind of end up dropping that. So you're, you're looking at uh, a partial degree in college, you know, nothing finished. You're looking at uh, some concern for your family members. Where's your head at and what, what's your next steps? 
uh, after college or? Yeah. When you made the decision that I was, you wanted to drop out. Um, biggest part of that decision was, uh, I didn't have much of uh, a choice, <clears throat> but to, uh, stop going to college and just go straight into the workforce. Um, again, didn't really have a whole lot of people to rely on and fall back on for, uh, financial stability. So I had to find out myself and, uh, yeah, there was, uh, no other choice but to work hard for, uh, the lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so at that point, where, where did you end up at as far as looking for a job? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I, I worked in, you know, I worked in restaurant, worked in, uh, dealerships, uh, as a minor detailing position, you know, just helping out the, the, the main detailing guys. I worked at a car wash. Um, I worked in retail, you know, worked at the Under Armour. I worked at Tommy Hilfiger at the time. Um, I think when I was going to hack, I was working two to three jobs at a time. And, uh, yeah, that was just to support at least going to college. But once it got a little, uh, too out of hand with, you know, the stress levels, I was like, you know what, let me just focus on, on working and getting my finances where they need to be, uh, to be able to support again, my lifestyle and be able to help my brother out as much as I could, uh, to, yeah, just to kind of see us flourish as best as possible. So that point right there, I think is something I want to explore a little bit, helping your brother out. Uh, and, and Brandon certainly spoke very highly of you on his episode. And it's clear that you guys have a, a really great relationship, but I want to dig into that. So, you know, oftentimes you look at the firstborn in a family and you say, okay, you know, they're, they're naturally that type of like self-driven, self-motivated. I'm, I'm kind of the leader of the family, leader of the siblings, you might say. And uh, they kind of conduct their personality and their way of doing things like that. You're falling in the middle, <clears throat> which is kind of an interesting thing uh, because the, the middle children are often the forgotten ones. They're the ones yeah. that, uh, you know, they're not the baby. They're not the firstborn. They're just the middle. Uh, and so I, I'm curious, you know, what was it about you that drove you to have such that such a care and a desire to see Brandon and assumedly others in your family you know, succeed and do well and, and be taken care of? Um, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I always wanted to be a, a good role model for him along with, you know, friends and maybe his group of friends as well. You know, I know a lot of them looked up to me and um, <clears throat> even now I get calls from friends or um, family members or, you know, just people that I know and they just call, ask for advice. And I don't know, I've always been one to be open-minded enough to listen and see where they're coming from to try and help them out as much as possible. Um, and even if that was the only thing I could do for them, you know, I, I was good at it. You know, I was good at being somewhat of a leader and, uh, a good support system. So yeah, being just wanting to be that support system. Do you think that was just inherent in you? Like, did you have that from a young age or was there something that kind of like tripped your radar to that? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. Um, Growing up, I I was a very hyperactive kid, and uh, uh, I got a, 
our mom always like whooped our butts because <laughs> at least me personally, because again, I was such a hyperactive kid and uh, always getting into something or getting it, always getting into trouble. But um, just kind of watching my mom, you know, being the way that she was with us, she was very strict with us growing up. And uh, um, we, we learned to be well-mannered as adults, you know, because of her and her tough love in other words but um yes yeah, seeing seeing what she put herself through um but not knowing how else to to point it in the right direction for us you know she had her hands full with you know me my oldest brother brandon my stepbrother and then my oldest brother's son at the time uh she had her hands full yeah with all of us uh, so I, I guess I, I wanted to pick up that role to help her out as much as possible. And no one else is being the role model for for everyone else. I figured, you know what, why not me? Why not you? Now Brandon um, <clears throat> texted me here a few minutes ago that certainly he was the best son. Uh, oh, sorry, still is. Also <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> that uh, Hold on. I'm definitely the favorite, so. <laughs> uh, don't keep him too long. He doesn't need one more excuse to not hit the gym with me. <laughs> um, he said he, he had to miss it last night for yeah, kicking yep. the door in. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how much we can talk about the story. So not maybe, much, maybe, yeah. yeah we'll we'll have keep it on the wraps. <laughs> um, but who who would – I got a twin brother, and we you know we both have certain traits – we were a lot of like uh, as twins, I guess, but we have certain things that w- everybody knew about me. If there was, if there was trouble, if the cops were coming knocking, probably know who that was going to be on me. If uh, somebody made the honor roll, probably going to be my brother. Uh, wh- which of you, of you, of the two of you, anyway, the brothers that we've met, would you uh, ascribe those qu- qualities to? Um, I mean, I was I was definitely the one to push, and. Uh try to push you to be better. Um, I, I think Brandon had much better grades than I did for sure. He <laughs> says he, he wasn't uh, uh, too much of a smart kid in school, but um, he definitely paid more attention to detail when it came to uh, classes and, you know, making sure that his grades were, were pretty decent for me. Um, I'm guessing you had a lot of doodles on your page. I had a, a lot of doodles on my <laughs> page. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention in school. So, uh, but I was I was great at you know sports. I was great at you know athletics and um, just being a people person and you know making friends always came easy to me. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, once I got to my senior year of high school and Brandon getting into sports as well and kind of following in my footsteps, um, I always wanted to make sure that I was. You know, if I was able to, I'd talk to the coaches like, hey, can I can I work with Brandon? If it was wrestling, it's like, hey, can I work with Brandon? I want to show him a couple moves or track and field. Him and I would go on our own, you know, on the weekends and work on technique work or strength and conditioning, so, you know, that sort of thing, just to, to push him and be better. Um, so I was definitely uh, the one to push, and he was always the one that paid a little bit more attention to detail growing up for sure so i I gotta ask you billy i mean it it, i can really appreciate the fact that you have such a a passion for investing in you know and and mentoring um 
your family, the next generation, even your brother's friends and those types of people. Who were you looking to in, in that time for advice or, or for your own mentorship? Or you know, what were you doing to kind of be on the other side of that equation where somebody was speaking into your life? Um, my mom, for sure. Uh, she was definitely always one to have some of the best advice that I could use growing up. And, uh, she was always the person that I would contact if I had any sort of doubts, um, concerns or questions about certain things. Um, uh, my mom was definitely the one that I was, well, I would always contact, uh, just cause I knew again, she, and this is probably where I get my humbleness from, but, um, my mom taught us to be as humble as possible, not be judgmental and have an open mind towards people that, you know, may be going through something and may not be showing it just cause, you know, they're, they're not good at showing their flaws, you know, and someone's always going through something that you may not know about. So it's kind of hard for me now to just judge someone based on, you know, appearance or the way they're talking to you. Uh, um, and yeah, my, my mom was always the person I, I went to for, for that support and that, you know, that conversation. It sounds like you guys must have had an incredible mother because Brandon also spoke uh, extremely affectionately of her and what she did for his life as well. That's really awesome. Okay. So <clears throat> you're working multiple jobs, trying to find your way, taking care of the bills, speaking into your brother's life, trying to figure it out, you know, and, and, and at what point do you kind of look at your own life and say, all right, well, what am I going to be doing here? For me, um, my point where I figured out that uh, I wanted to stop being that help for him and um, for some other people in my family and friend groups, uh, mostly for Brandon, uh, I wasn't going to stop until he got to a point in his life that he didn't have to rely on me anymore. So, yeah, I pretty much waited until he was out of college to be done helping him, or at least to where he got to a point where I knew he wasn't going to need me anymore. Uh, Cause again, he didn't have that, you know, his, his dad wasn't always around to give him a hand. He was always working, you know, which uh, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but as a kid, it wasn't always a good thing either. You know, you want your parents to kind of, see what you're doing with your life and, you know, see you grow up. And as a hardworking parent, uh, sometimes you kind of lose touch of like what your kids are doing on a daily. And uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, he had the support and he had the, uh, you know, the praise for what he's doing and, you know, Hey, you're doing good, man. Like, don't worry about these little things. You're going to continue to grow and no one's going to stop you from doing that. So I want to be that support system. So then how did you find your way into the plumbing truck? Um, so, so before I became a plumber here with uh, Ben Franklin, I was working for a uh, construction company or a drywall, drywall company, drywall framing company. Um, I worked there for about five years, I want to say. And uh, yeah, I got to a point there where I was just kind of getting tired of dealing with the, uh, the whole construction thing and, uh, distress of some of the people that you work with, you know, you work with a lot of people that are 
just kind of miserable <laughs> with their <laughs> lives and uh my my attitude and my personality just does not match uh what they were providing me with there and uh yeah I kind of hit a dark point in my life where I was just like you know what I need I need to change you know I I want to I want something better. I know my values and I, you know, I know, I know my worth and I know I can do better than this. You know, I know I'm a hands-on person. I'm great with people, you know, but what else can I do? I didn't really know or have a, a, a direction as to where to go. And then, uh, yeah, like I, you know, I spoke to Brandon, I spoke to JP and, you know, they were both like, well, why don't you just, why don't we just get you a, a <laughs> you know, uh, an interview at Ben Franklin. I yeah. was like, don't I need a degree for that? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, believe dude. me, John Perez would not be here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. It just wouldn't be part of the trilogy if we didn't roast John a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I was like, what? You don't need a degree. He's like, no, dude, we do apprenticeships here. I was like, yo, call him right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sure enough within, I don't know, 20 minutes, um, they got in contact with Brian. I remember JP saying, he's like, yo, uh, Brian said that the only way that he's going to give Bill an interview is if Brandon calls me right now. <laughs> you know, and I, just, that just made me laugh. Uh, but probably what, like a week later or something like that's when I came in for my interview. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the same week, but yeah. like end of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was saying on, uh, I think it was Brandon's pod. No, it was John's podcast. It was like, Billy is like a somehow a mix if if john and brandon had a kid that was older than them <laughs> would be Billy. the future he's kid like, well he's like he's got uh brandon's like seriousness and toughness and kind of go get it uh attitude but also john's charisma that that enthusiasm that john just you know exudes at all times yeah so it was yeah to me it was a it was a great fit i was pretty much willing to you sold yourself short, buddy, because <laughs> you only pushed me higher on the uh, hourly like four times. I would win 10, but too late now. I'm not doing it now. <laughs> so you wind up uh, in the conference room here at Benjamin Franklin uh, and, and sitting across the table from Brian. Never touched a piece of plumbing in your life? Not, not yeah. one. We actually did it in here, didn't we? No, not not no, not that day. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I never. Yeah, d didn't know a thing about plumbing. I knew I was hands on, and I knew I could pick it up pretty uh, pretty quickly. So I was like, "Yeah, let's try it out." I mean, the worst that they're gonna say is, you know, you're not a fit. <laughs> yeah. So what? I mean, what what was the experience like there, Brian? You know, you're you're looking at a guy who has not ever been in plumbing before, and contrary to what. John and Brandon's experience had been coming out of a, at least a schooling program where they would have actually learned about the trade. Uh, here we are with a, a perfectly green apprentice. Mm. Yeah, not not the first time we've done that by any stretch. And he had two other things going for him, which was number one, he's he's already doing drywall uh, framing and this this kind of thing. Any mechanical skills like that lend they lend themselves to plumbing or HVAC or electrical or whatever we're hiring for. Number two, having somebody like John here already, not only was John passionate about him getting here, which means John will help him through learning the plumbing end, but everybody here loves John. So if John gets excited about somebody, he's going to make everybody excited about somebody, and they're more than happy to help push him through to get into his own truck. 
And you know how it is. Everybody wants some one more person in the on-call rotation. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's a good mix because while they all want somebody in the rotation, they also don't want somebody running that they're going to have to run callbacks for. So everybody wants everyone who makes it into a passenger seat here, the whole team wants them to succeed quickly. It's a good system for somebody coming up. So you get signed on and you begin your newly created plumbing career. Uh, and what, what, how old are you at this point? Uh, 30, 30. All right. So starting over at 30, uh, with a completely new industry in the trades. And I'm assuming up until this point, your construction career had not been dealing with homeowners. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but you would have had some of that, uh, retail experience dealing mm-hmm. with clients, you know, in a, in a sales aspect, as far as working with them and picking out whatever yep. you had to offer. So you had that in the background, but for the last five years, you hadn't interacted at all with a homeowner and certainly nothing in context of plumbing. Right. Given all that context right there and, and where you are today, you know, what was it in, what has it been like that journey going from not knowing anything about plumbing to where you are today? And, and what was that learning process and everything that went into it? Like, uh, so when I first went on that ride along with, uh, with, John, um, and I saw the interaction that he had with his, you know, his customers, his clients. Um, my first thought was, I could do this, <laughs> no problem. You know, again, talking to people was never an issue. Uh, I knew the uh, the technical side of thing was going to be a little bit more uh, tricky because, again, I, I'd never been in, in the plumbing field whatsoever, so. Uh, it would it was gonna be a whole new experience for me on that part. Um, talking talking to customers and uh, making them feel good about what they're gonna get done uh, was never a concern for mine. Um, but just being knowledgeable of of what I'm putting in and the repairs that I'll be making was definitely something I was a little bit more concerned about. But after you know riding along with with Brennan for I don't know however long I did. Um, he showed me a, a, a bunch of tricks and, you know, how to, how to do certain things with plumbing and, you know, repairs and what goes into these repairs, you know, water heaters and, uh, water treatment and, you know, just building that base for, for, for knowledge, uh, just kind of came pretty quickly and, um, I don't know, just uh, having the support system here and some of the guys that I worked around was kind of, it just made it very easy to to pick up on what I was going to be learning once I got into my own truck. So a little bit of a different environment than the construction. Oh, much, much <laughs> different. Oh, yeah, definitely. Brennan has this thing. It's hilarious. Brennan is our, uh, Brennan Mackamer is our, our one of our two uh, master plumber, well, one of the two master plumbers here who are in trucks at least. And then there's Larry Rohrer who carries the master license for the company. But Brennan, uh, he gets, he and Todd get all the ride-alongs that come in. And he has one question that he asks them every morning as they go through our communication training and see everything that we do in a morning. Looks at him and goes, this is just like what you do at your job, right? <laughs> it's just a bunch of guys fist bumping and making fun of each other and we have <laughs> breakfast sandwiches brought in and like from the from the local bagel shop uh yeah it's brennan's thing to to pick on everybody who doesn't work here yet so billy uh I, i'm curious here you know as you were starting to like get more involved and you begin that apprenticeship program did you happen to come across any day where you're like oh maybe this was a mistake 
No. <laughs> Not at all. No, uh, uh, fear to try something was never a thing for me. You know, I, uh, it, you know, it, it wasn't any different than getting into, you know, first going into construction. Um, I knew it was going to be a, a journey, but it was going to be a fun journey. And uh, I, I like I like taking risks. I like, you know, um, trying new things. And uh, this, this was definitely a bit of both for me. And, uh, yeah, so far, I mean, my my theme and my saying every time someone calls me is like, yo, can you handle this? You know, especially when I first got in the truck, you know, I would look at some of this stuff and I'd be like, I guess I'll figure it out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, I was fine with that because – for me, I want to problem solve as much as possible and do it myself first before I start calling people and, you know, asking for help. You know, I want to make sure that at least try it. You know, I like to try it first before I start asking for help. Was that something that, that uh, you know, I'll I'll take care of this first before I ask for help or like, you know, I'll, I'll try to figure it out first before I ask for help. Was that something that you learned like in, in childhood or was that something that you had made a determination in your life for some reason uh, that this was the way it was going to be? I think it uh, it definitely came from childhood. Um, not, you know, you can't always rely on on someone for help. And uh, not everyone is able to give you the help that you want. So most times, or at least in my in my childhood and my, my upbringing, you know, I had to figure things out on my own. And, um, yeah, it, it definitely comes from a childhood thing. You know, just being able to problem solve on your own and uh, see what you can do with it. Trial and error. That's the only way I, you know, I, I learned growing up. <laughs> so, Billy, speaking of learning, um, how long how long approximately was your apprenticeship? And that being defined as you sitting in the passenger seat as opposed to the driver's seat of a truck? Uh, I believe it was probably less than six months. Wow. So you literally went from not knowing the difference between PVC and PEX to being in your own truck and probably assumably running just maintenance calls yeah. that in under six months. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, Brennan asking me, he's, you know, he either called me or sent me a message, you know, on the phone and asked me, Hey, uh, how do you feel about starting to run your maintenance calls? Yeah. And my first thought was, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> are you, are you, you know, are you guys confident enough to, to, to put me in a truck and start running maintenance calls? He was like, I mean, I think you're more than ready to at least do that. And, uh, you know, we're going to try you out and see how it goes. And, um, you know, I did that for, I don't know, a couple weeks, uh, jumped back into, uh, uh, passenger side for maybe a week or two and then back out on maintenance calls just to kind of brush up on um, some of the stuff I learned as I was riding along with Brennan. So I, I love that, man. And <clears throat> so just kind of for the listening audience, uh, what we typically do in the plumbing apprenticeship is, you know, we'll, we'll train up a guy, send him with uh, <clears throat> one of our one of our experienced guys and for a long time or as long as it takes until that person is like feeling pretty confident about their abilities. And then we start them off doing plumbing inspections. So it's a, it's the ability to walk through an entire house. We actually did a podcast on it a couple of months ago in, uh, you know, the, the excellent plumbing inspection. And it gives a lot of experience because you get to get in all the different parts of the home, 
see the water heaters, see the valves, see the faucets, you know, see the piping and everything. And you don't have to so much worry about the troubleshooting right away, which is more of the complex piece of plumbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just do a lot of the review observation and then pointing out the things that, you know, are a problem or could be a potential uh, problem in the future. Uh, and so we love starting off our, our younger plumbers or uh, younger experienced plumbers in that role because of that flexibility and then develop into the more troubleshooting, the more complex jobs from there. So as you were doing that, Billy, uh, you know, and you got that experience, you started to get some of those maintenances and some of that, uh, you know, more understanding the plumbing system under your belt. What what was your mind going through as you were beginning to develop into that brand new trade and you you were starting to run your own calls and what did that feel like? Uh, it, it felt it felt pretty good. Um, you know, again, it it, it was all every every house that I went into and seeing how how different the plumbing was and and most houses, it's like, all right, so I'm doing something new. I'm learning something different. I'm I'm learning a new skill you know, or a new trick and on how to fix this problem. And, uh, to me that was, you know, that's, that's, that was more knowledge under my belt, which I thought was awesome. So just having more and more experience each house that I went into and being able to apply that, you know, from house to house, you know, in clients homes, it was, it was, it was a good feeling knowing that, you know, it wasn't always the same thing, you know, getting into each house, but, uh, you definitely always got into a new situation where it's like, all right, time to, uh, time to solve this, you know, solve, solve this puzzle and see, see how well it goes this time around. And yeah, it just, it, it was always a really cool experience. It still is a pretty cool experience having to do that each home that you go into. So Billy, I mean, you had spent so much of your life, uh, being on the, the mentor side of relationships, right? You were the one doing the speaking into, you were the one giving the advice. You were the one providing instruction and training and, and tricks. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the student side of things and you're receiving that, you know, what was that role reversal like? Um, I, I, I like that. I like that side of, uh, uh, being the, uh, the trainee rather than the trainer. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm always hungry for knowledge you know, especially in the trades and being hands-on and um, just learning something new and being uh, able to formulate something with your hands, um, it's it's a it's a cool process because you know I don't I don't want to go into a house that you know say I buy a house and I want to start making additions to a house my this my home my forever home um, I want to get as many trades as possible under my belt so I can make those fixes and changes to my home whenever possible. And, um, you know, just being able to know those things, it it just makes you feel good about the knowledge that you, you've gained throughout your life. You know, some people like to, I don't know, a lot of people read books. I'm not much of a a book reader or anything like that, but I'm great with my hands. You know, I, I enjoy the arts and, uh, it's, it's, it's like a big puzzle you know, being able to put something together and uh, break it down and build it back up if you need to. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like learning as much as possible. I enjoy constructive criticism because, you know, it's something that I'm not seeing someone else is seeing that I'm doing wrong or may not be doing wrong but could do better at. You know, it if someone's pointing that out to me, then I I'm okay with it. So speaking of constructive criticism, 
I mean, you were coming out of an environment where, where it was, we'll call it probably toxic, right? You know, guys yeah. miserable, they're just beating each other up just because it's fun to yell at somebody and, and make everybody else miserable. And now you're coming into an environment, you know, that's much more uplifting where guys are actually caring about the team and, and about what's going on. Um, so besides just learning from, you know, the experienced plumbers, the actual trade, were you picking up other things as far as like character development and, you know, what it, what it means to be a team player? Uh, just being a better team player. Um, I've always been a team player and I've always enjoyed uh, the idea of working with a team and, or just working with a partner. But, uh, you know, trying to help out my partner or coworker or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just being able to help someone, um, it's it's something that I, I personally enjoy. Uh, I like Again, I like interacting with people. And um, if I can't solve something myself and have someone else that can show me different ways of solving that problem, then I think we're both winning at the end of the day. Where, where are we at today uh, as far as how long have you been doing plumbing and... Uh, you know, what what type of uh, skills and jobs are you running today? Uh, I want to say, what, about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half now. I've been in uh, with Ben Franklin doing the plumbing thing. Um, you know, I went from running inspections to uh, putting in, you know, bathroom faucets, kitchen faucets, uh, shower you know, faucets, shower valves, uh, to water heaters and water treatment. Absolutely. And, and how, how have you felt like the learning from where you were a year and a half ago, not knowing what anything was to today? Like, has that been kind of overwhelming to figure out all the pieces and different tools and different parts that go into it? Or have you kind of been able to figure out the streamline of the process and get yourself in a good place? Um, at first it was definitely a little bit, on the uh you know <laughs> overwhelming side uh but again it again it was it was something new to me so I, I was i was okay dealing with that overwhelming feeling uh and then just trying to problem solve it as much as possible um but yeah going back when i first started working with the plumbing tools and uh putting in the plumbing systems and to now where you know a toilet you know, install could have taken me two and a half hours just because it was the first time I installed a toilet yeah. to now I, you know, I'll put one in within an hour, Yeah. you know? And so just being able to, to break down that time, uh, just cause again, you build that knowledge and again, I, I haven't been here too long, but just being able to do that in such a short amount of time and just being able to grasp the knowledge that I've attained since I've been here. Uh, to be able to turn a two and a half hour job for someone that doesn't know what they're doing to an hour long process. It's, it's a crazy feeling to me. It's like, wow, I, I learned that, <laughs> you know, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, you've had such success and kudos to you for being a quick study. Uh, you know, not everybody has the ability to learn mechanical things that quickly and you know that's a clear evidence of who you were when you first got here that's only half of the equation uh because we are residential service and we we are speak to in, speaking to our audience that is also primarily in-home services so the other half is always that client interaction mm -hmm. uh, which again you had been coming out of a field 
that was not based on the client interaction at all. And you had that retail background. So how did that, that background in retail and how did your just natural communication styles aid you in what a lot of people find to be the more difficult piece of residential plumbing? And that is talking to a homeowner. Uh, so when I first got into retail, um, I was always a friendly person and yeah. easy to talk to type of person. Um, I coached track and field for about eight years, multiple different schools. Uh, so interacting with kids was always pretty easy. High school kids was always pretty easy to me just cause, uh, uh, you know, I was starting a conversation with, uh, a connection of some sort. You know, and I think I grasped that more from from the retail side of things or the restaurant side of things. So talking to these customers, you know, just looking at a a piece of clothing or, you know, the way they interacted or just uh, some form of conversation, they'd say one thing and it's like, oh, you know, that's a connection. Um, So being able to connect with someone was always pretty easy to me. Um, But again, being able to be open-minded enough to, to, to have that conversation with the customer and just looking at a picture that they have and opening that conversation up with them. It's like, oh, look, you know, were you in Hawaii or something? And they say, oh, yeah, and they just start going on a rant about it. It's like, oh, that's really cool. I've never been to Hawaii, but, you know, I grew don't up in go an right island. Now. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. Don't get wait Brian out. started. Yeah. We've done entire <laughs> podcasts on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you got your vaccine, go. If uh, if not, just hold off for a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for me, it'd be like, oh, you know, going an island. You know, I grew up in an island and make that connection there. Um, obviously, two completely different places, but still a connection altogether. And, um, yeah, just... Um, for me, it's always easy to find something to connect with with a customer or just any person in general. Um, yeah, that, that was always an easy thing for me. So you listen to Brandon's podcast, mm-hmm. right? Brandon was telling us that uh, he's like, man, that kid went through hell. That kid had it rough. And uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you, to, to hang out with you to, um, you know, certainly – probably overly aggressively push you to role play yesterday morning in front of the group when you, when you said no the first time. <laughs> uh, you, it's, it's tough to tell that, uh, yeah. that you had a, a rough upbringing. Would you mind going, going into that a little bit and telling us how sure. you kind of came through to have the, the uh, optimistic personality you do now? Um, so, yeah, growing up, uh, again, the lifestyle that we, that we grew up around, it was pretty chaotic. Uh, um a lot of fights, a lot of arguments, uh, friends that we grew up around, same sort of, uh, same sort of thing, getting into drugs or just bad environment altogether. Uh, I, I envisioned where I wanted to be in life and, um, just learning from someone else's bad experiences was something that I took very personally on. Um, and, looking at those people and looking at those situations, it's like, man, this is, this is way too stressful. Why, why would you want to put yourself through that on a daily basis? Why do you want to be stressed out on a daily basis? You know, it's, it's not fun. You know, you're miserable, you're angry. And all you want to do is just argue and fight with people. To me, uh, I didn't want that. I didn't want that growing up. I didn't want that for my brother. So, you know, for me, it was it, it it wasn't an option, you know, being miserable and uh, being pessimistic or you know 
having to point fingers because something didn't work out my way. That that wasn't a luxury of mine. That wasn't something that I was going to allow myself to get into. So, uh, you know, just trying to be as happy as possible and as nice as possible and showing people that, hey, like you can come from a bad place in your life, but still have an optimistic mindset to uh, to grow from it. You know, things aren't always easy growing up, but you just got to find a positive in at least one part of your life or that you're one part of that situation that's going to make you better. And uh, I think some people lack that. For me, again, it wasn't a luxury that I wanted to give myself to just be miserable. I wanted to be happy, and, you know, I envisioned myself just leading a path of, you know, I want to be successful. I want to have this. I want to have that. And uh, I want to show people that just because I'm dealing with these things that I still can't have those things, you know. So, yeah, it, it was never a luxury of mine. To it's, just, re- it's really cool to have the uh, – and, uh, and my twin brother and I had grown up in Detroit in kind of similar chaotic circumstances and, you know, just a lot of a lot of landmines around where you could easily uh, step into the wrong thing and never, never quite recover. Oh, yeah. And having the ability to – I get asked this often, and I'm sure you do too, having the ability to uh, almost see yourself from somebody else's view, almost look mm-hmm. – down at yourself standing standing there from a rooftop and and saying yeah you you can choose to feel or act or be this way or have carry this attitude towards life or you can choose to be optimistic and grateful and what and what else is there really always look at the world with optimism so everything might be going to hell right now but i'm going to i'm going to be fine we're going to be fine we're going to make it and always be grateful always find a reason and you you're like that your whole crew is like that brandon's yeah. like that john's like that where if i see you guys in in the hallway in the morning i know when i stick my fist out i'm going to get a smile and a fist bump back you know for those not in the plumbing trade we don't we don't shake hands that's gross <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um but to to be able to look outside yourself and and look at yourself from another perspective and say, I'm, I'm not doing that. Like I, and I know where you get it. You just look at the people around you who went the wrong way and you see a pattern form. You say, there's a lack of optimism that I can never catch a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, woe is me. And then there's a lack of gratitude. They don't walk around yep. thanking people. They walk around complaining and you make this choice where you just go, I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just not yeah. doing it. So, um, kudos to you. And do you have any idea where that came from? Do you have any idea how you, um, landed that, that ability to see yourself from a, another perspective? Uh, <laughs> it probably came from just, uh, <clears throat> just a lot of negatives from growing up <laughs> and, uh, seeing where certain people were just dealing with so much stress and, you know, it was, I guess more of an epiphany. <laughs> it's like, Dude, you're 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 always angry. <laughs> why do you why why do you want to be angry all the time? I I don't want that. You know, so um the it's it's easy it's it's very easy to to be mad and angry and pessimistic and point fingers for the problems that you're dealing with. That's that's the easy part. The hard part is again being the optimistic person, being the uh, the upbringing person, you know, always having a good mindset or, or 
uh, just wanting to to show positivity to people. That that's really hard because uh, not a lot not a lot of people know how to do that, and uh, um, they don't always have the best you know source of um, I don't know leadership when it comes to having that optimism or someone that's teaching them how to be more optimistic and hey like things look nasty now but you know they're going to get better and not everyone has that to fall back on to to show them those well the part you said about treating people with positivity so many people in my life and I'm sure your life and your life Nate's and the life of you guys listening in your trucks they wait for somebody to deserve um their positive influence and it's like it's like you're waiting for for your turn uh when the person ahead of you is not getting their turn somebody has to just step out of line and take the turn and then it's funny how everybody follows suit Mm -hmm. you see when you got here i'm not waiting for anybody to smile before i'm grabbing their shoulder and saying good morning yeah now, if they turn and give me a scowl, why is it so good? I'm out of there, man. I'm, like, I'm rolling. I'm not sticking around to, oh, nice talk to, to hell, yeah, walk them through it because I, I'm impressionable like everybody else. And if I'm around that too much, like I, I won't run out of optimism. I, I can give and give and give and give. And I don't run out of positivity. I don't run out of gratitude. It's, it's a, I can know, give some away and so have enough to, it's a to deep support well. myself. Yeah. <laughs> but what I can do is run out of defense to negativity. Now my defenses are thin, yeah. so if I if I'm around it too much, I it can wear off on me. Yeah. And I would like to just promote the idea of um, who was it that's that said it? We used it as a quote on here not too long ago, but somebody said, uh, "If you see somebody without if you see somebody uh, without a smile, loan them yours." Mm-hmm. It's funny how a smile and a fist bump and just saying, "Oh, it goes a long way." Man, it, it can change somebody's morning. Oh yeah, and I only do it because I had a mentor. Uh, Lance in Las Vegas, who who would see me with like a scowl in the morning, no particular reason. I don't know, we were hungover or something. Just didn't feel like being at work, whatever it is. And he'd be like, "Bro, smile. Like, you're lucky that you could still be in Detroit. You're lucky to be here. Smile. Like, All right, I'll smile. Fine. Eventually, it just I realized that if you just forced it on yourself and then gave it to somebody else, it became real, real fast. Yeah. It wasn't a fake thing for very long. So, Billy, I, I got to say, uh, what you're 31 now. 30. 30, still 30. Um, the You're one of the rarities when it comes to young mentors. You know, you're, you're one of those guys that's like lived 40 years and 30 years of life type of thing. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate the fact that you had such a heart and a caring for investing in people um, to make sure that they made good choices. So shout out to you for that. Um I'm curious now as, as you're kind of like finding your own way in, in a career and specifically in the home services industry, you know, I'm not sure you're at the level necessarily to begin training other plumbers yet, but it's probably not too far off. Do you still hold that passion inside of you to be like that mentor and start getting back? Oh yeah, back? absolutely. Um, uh, like I, I, I enjoy seeing people thrive and, and do well. You know, I, I see guys that have been here, um, some of the newer guys and maybe they have a little bit more experience than I do, but, uh, maybe not in the same style of work. So, you know, if I see a guy that's struggling and, and I'm a big reader of facial expressions and, 
um, just body language. And, you know, I've always been really good at reading body language and facial expressions. And, you know, if I see someone that seems like they're mentally struggling, you know, I'm going to approach them and, and see how they're doing. It's like, yo, like, what can I help you with, man? Like, what, what can I do to, to help you go through your day and at least be all right, you know, to, to deal with your day? Uh, what can I do? And, uh, yeah, I think I will always, I will always be a, a mentor of some sort and, or just a support system. Um, that, yeah, that's always something that I, I, I don't think it's going to go away. <laughs> and do you feel like you found a home in, in kind of a career here with, uh, in the plumbing trades, you know, you st- or do you still kind of have some passion in the back of your mind to like pursue arts or, or something like that, that you've always been interested in? As of right now, I, I, I love what I'm doing. You know, I, I do have, and it's funny, like I, I have friends that will talk to me and, you know, will have conversations here and there about different things. And they'll look at me and it's like, dude, you, you're so much happier than you were two years ago. Wow. You yeah. know, you, you definitely seem more passionate about what you're doing now and you enjoy talking about it and, you know, you, you definitely don't seem stressed out. So yeah, like as of right now, you know, I, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, you know, I, I love do, the whole, doing the whole plumbing thing. Uh, I can do without some of the jobs, <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, I'm not afraid to get down and dirty and, and do what I got to do to get the job done. That's, that's not an issue for me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've always had a passion for, for fitness and nutrition. Um, so I, you know, I, I work out regularly as much as I can and, um, I try to find ways to keep my nutrition in, in check and that sort of thing. But I also enjoy the arts. You know, I, I enjoy photography, videography. Um, I haven't dabbled in, in drawing or sketching in a long time, probably since like college time. But, uh, you know, I, I still follow a lot of that stuff, say on Instagram or Facebook. Um, so I, I really do enjoy that stuff, but probably more so in like the fitness and nutrition thing. Um, yeah, and I used to coach again. I coached for about eight years. Uh, I coached pole vaulting in high school or for high school, and that was definitely one of my biggest passions. You know, I enjoyed coaching the high school kids and uh, just mentoring them as much as possible. So, but yeah, plumbing's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your hopes and dreams, man? What What are you shooting for? What are your goals here? Uh, my goals here, man. I just I I want good stability and um. You know, I I want to I want to live a simple life, you know, stable life and uh, stress free. I, I want to be able to enjoy myself and do the things that I want to do. I want to be able to travel and uh, uh, since I've been here, I've been able to do those things no problem at all. You know, I I get what I need to get done, and at the end of the day, I go home again, fist bumps uh, by my coworkers, management, whatever, and uh, they would say, "Hey, man." Good job this week. Uh, go home, take a rest, come back strong next week. You know, <laughs> back at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Billy, we're gonna we're gonna bring this in for a landing here, and it's been so good to talk to you uh, and hear your story. Um, and, and you know, we're gonna have a, a follow a couple follow up questions for you here. But as you kind of look back on what got you to this point, you know, are, are there any things that stand out along the way? You know, in, in some of the earlier podcasts, we talked about people that made the difference 
um, you being actually one of those in both John and Brandon's life. Right. And we talked about like left decisions, right decisions, like those types of things that, that made all the differences to where you could have been, the what ifs that could have happened. So are there any things in looking back over the past, you know, 10 years of your life or so since kind of working your way out of college and things or school and high school and everything that have kind of made the difference for you to get to this place? Um, yeah, you know, uh, there was multiple times in my life where I just kind of sat down and, uh, again, everyone has demons and, uh, they don't know how to deal with those problems from their past. For me, uh, I was tired of having to look back into the past and say, you know, this part of my life sucked. Uh, so at one point I was like, you know what, let me sit down with my demons and talk it out and let's, let's figure out a solution and be comfortable with the things that I went through in my past. Cause they happened for a reason, you know, just like anyone else, they do, those things happen for a reason, but they've led to, um, where I'm at now. And I'm definitely grateful for, for everything that I've been through. Well, before we, uh, before we let you go, <coughs> John Perez texted me. As you might imagine when you found out you were recording your podcast right now. And he said, uh, hold on. Yo, bro, you got Billy in there? I got some questions for him. Uh, (laughs) On the hot seat here, Billy. Here we go. All right. (laughs) These are some pretty hard-hitting questions, so you want to take a drink water there before we get going? (laughs) Why is John better looking than you? Oh, man, I don't know what mirror he's looking at. But <laughs> definitely not, man. I see, he's he's still ugly in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, and I quote, but on a serious note, how do you even stand next to such a man? <laughs> how do I? Is he talking about himself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yep. little boy. And uh, <laughs> Little boy. <laughs> do you ever feel you'll get to John's level of communication and income? <laughs> I mean, I'm working on it. I'll give him that. He's, I'll, I'll give him that. He's, 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 he's had a leg up on me for a while now. So. He's going off. Uh, but now, John, John's doing great. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely look up to John for what he's been through and what he's doing now. He's he's doing great things, man. He's doing and great things. This one's actually from Katie. Okay. Uh, that would be Katie Perez, Mrs. John Perez. Is John your hero? <laughs> you know what? These seem like one-sided questions, I, I got to say. These are definitely one-sided questions. But uh, you know what? Uh, again, I, I've seen Perez grow up and uh, see him from where his life environment came from into what he is now. Um, yeah, he's he's always been an optimistic and, and just a, a great guy. Never never mad. You know, just like anyone else, we deal with stresses here and there. But, you know, he's always been optimistic in his life. And, uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, I look up to you, dude. You you've done a lot with your life and why not? Yeah. That's awesome. I look up, I look yeah. up to John in ways. Good guy, man. Yep. Well, Billy, like I said, it's been so good to have you on today. And I wanted to give you one opportunity, uh, at the end of the show here to kind of speak back into Brandon's life. Uh, you know, he's not in the room, uh, with us and I'm, I'm sure he'll catch this podcast, uh, when it releases, but you know, if you could look back there, uh, back, speak to your brother there a little bit about, you know, what you feel about him and, and where he's, where he's at in his life, what would that be? Man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of the kid. He's, uh, he's done a lot of good stuff and, uh, dude, he, he makes a lot of, uh, crazy decisions in his life. You know, becoming a cop was definitely one of those crazy decisions. Um, I remember looking at my mom and she was like, 
you know, my heart's going to drop if anything happens to him and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know what? I'm all for it, man. He, he, he deserves everywhere he's going in life right now. Cause he's, he's worked so hard for it and no one's going to take that away from him. So yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of him. Yeah. That's that awesome. Ma- that makes three of us in this room. Yeah. And uh, 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 don't worry, we're going to have Nate edit out the part where you said blah, blah, blah after you quoted your mom. <laughs> he's, he's told me many times that he's still afraid of her. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with mama. He yeah. said, I'm in so, full, full SWAT gear. I'm still dude, afraid I, I mom think, could I be think I still have PTSD from her swinging them freaking flip-flops at us. Up, <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. Well, Billy, it's been a privilege to have you on. This has been a great conclusion to our, our three-part series here. And uh, to kind of give you some feedback, man, we're also proud of you. Thanks so much for being a part of our team, for always having that optimistic attitude, for carrying yourself in the way of a true professional, and for taking care of business uh, no matter your past and, and making a choice in your life to make it better each day. So well done. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, that's it for our podcast uh, and the conclusion of this series. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. It's been awesome to hear from three young men, up and coming leaders uh, in the plumbing organization, as well as in the in the law enforcement. As And it's been so good to hear from them and their stories. Uh, all of them were encouraging in different ways. And um, yeah, I hope that's meant something to you. So if you find yourself, you know, looking at your life and kind of wondering what you want to do, Uh, The home services industry is calling because it needs great people like these three gentlemen that we've had on our show here recently. It needs great people like that who can get in and who can serve clients and who can take the opportunities that are presented to them. Um, And man, there is there is abundance of opportunities for mentorship and mentoring uh, in the industry, whether you're on the student side or the teacher side. That's basically how the industry is built upon uh, you know, the backs of, of people who train the next generation up. And so whether you're an experienced veteran and you are the one who's doing the teaching, please, please invest in somebody out there. Pick somebody up and talk to them, help them learn in whatever ways they need to. Or you're the student and you're just looking for a great opportunity. The home services platform is where it's at. And that's where we're going to leave this podcast. We challenge you each and every week to make a better you to look in that mirror and find your next level and to choose to wake up each morning and waste no day.